to the podcast of executive coach Tony Mayo. This podcast is the bonus chapter to his number one best-selling book, The Courage to Be in Community, a call for compassion, vulnerability, and authenticity. This chapter is titled How to Be in Courageous, Genuine Relationships. The complete audiobook is available on iTunes and Audible, as well as in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle wherever books are sold. More details and a link to the free bonus chapter are at tinycc slash oncourage. That's T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash O-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E, all in lowercase letters. Choosing the topic for this bonus chapter to the courage to be in community was not difficult. Listeners and readers gave me clear feedback about what was most needed. They all wanted to know what specific actions to take or behaviors to stop to foster courageous, genuine relationships for themselves and those closest to them. Several key questions emerged. What can I do in my day-to-day life to deepen relationships? How can I feel comfortable with people of different backgrounds, tastes, and values? How do I help others feel safe to share their lives with me? What habits might I establish to reduce loneliness and build community? The challenge in writing this chapter was not in finding enough material, but in paring down the plenitude of powerful practices that I learn, teach, and apply every day as an executive coach to business owners and their teams. I learned these things the hard way because I'm not a natural at nurturing friendships and fostering community. Not nearly. I had to learn friendship as an adult through frustrating and humbling experience. I suffered the pain of loneliness and alienation as a child and well into adulthood. I had an exceptional talent for generating irritation where I needed cooperation. I applied anger where curiosity would have served better. Doors were closed to me because I hurled the bomb of righteousness when the healing bomb of compassion would have opened doors. I still struggle, but I am grateful for the support of authors, coaches, and the many people I have encountered who were more patient and kind with me than I was with them. Sometimes, I'm also grateful for the people who were not patient or kind, but instead gave abrupt, often unwelcome feedback that spurred me toward a better path in life. In this short chapter, I cannot share everything I've learned, but After much review, consideration, and application, I've chosen to focus on three practices that have opened up a new world of more open communication for me. Number one, be humble. Number two, be curious. Number three, beware the second person. Be humble. Some of the most effective coaching consists of bringing to mind a teaching that sounds obvious that we seem always to have recognized as true and useful, 
yet which we fail to rigorously apply in day-to-day life. Many of these have become so familiar that we've entombed their practicality in cliché. Treat others as you would be treated. To err is human, to forgive divine, etc. If only we respected such wisdom by consistently applying it, our lives and communities would be better. But we do not. Our frequent failure to consistently be our best selves is an obvious aspect of being human that inspires my first recommended practice. Be humble. No one knows what you know. You have a unique set of experiences, opinions, and emotions. Even when in the same room, each person notices different features. Even when two people share the same facts, they may have different reactions to those features. These reactions happen instantly and just below the level of normal awareness. We seldom give a thought to this leap from perception to conclusion. It's just how we operate. Most of us, most of the time, are examining the world through a glass darkly. Everyone knows this, though few apply it. We typically assume that our own narrow, distorted, and personal view of the world is the clear, objective, universal reality. It's easy to see how this plays out in relationships. My first, unconsidered reaction to people who disagree with me is not to reevaluate my opinion of the situation, but to lower my opinion of them. They must be wrong, ignorant, argumentative, or, if I feel charitable, distracted, inattentive, or tired. I help them by explaining my position. Humility would help more. I'm working to develop the habit of responding to disagreement or even disconnection with humble curiosity. Instead of teaching, I seek to learn. Instead of defending my position, I visit theirs. Maybe I will see something useful from their unique perspective. Even if I do not change my opinion, I improve the relationship because people prefer having their ideas received with respect to being rejected and corrected. We all love being heard because being heard is a big part of being loved. Be curious. At a reunion for graduates of a coaching program, we were asked to share the biggest change in our lives since the training. I said, I've given up my hobby of mind reading. I'm no longer satisfied by my assumptions about what other people are thinking and feeling. Now, I ask and listen. Everyone wants to matter, to be significant to others. The first step to letting the people around you know that they matter is to invite them to share what is going on in their heads. The key is to ask with genuine curiosity. I care what the person is thinking and feeling. I thank them for being frank and sincere. I adjust my response based on what they say. Then, 
I share my own thoughts and feelings. Intimacy is present when the conversation in our heads matches the conversation in our speech. Julio Alaya. When we invite someone to sincerely share their feelings and opinions, we risk hearing unwelcome words. When that happens, it pays to be curious and ask gently what the other person meant by what you heard. It's also very useful to start from the assumption that they intended no harm, are not being critical, and are merely doing their best to cope with the situation at hand. It's not the things you don't know what gets you into trouble. It's the things you do know that just ain't so. Will Rogers. More on genuine curiosity at http colon slash slash t-i-n-y dot c-c slash m-o-r-e-c-u-r-i-o-u-s all lowercase letters that's tiny.cc slash more curious. Beware the second person. My genuine relationship advice to beware the second person does not mean that you should be afraid of the person with whom you are speaking. Instead, I'm suggesting that you be wary of using the second person pronoun you. Using the second person is sometimes correct, of course but it is also the hallmark of two common speech patterns that undermine genuine relationship. One corrosive use of you occurs when someone expresses his or her opinion of how another person is. Every time I tell anyone how they are, what they think, or what they did to me, my words are layering another filter between me and the facts. This distorts reality and confines the other person within the boundaries of my opinion. Sentences that pass judgment on a person with labels such as rude, unreliable, foolish, etc. pass a sentence on that person, punishing him or her to serve that term. This is called objectifying because it treats a human as if they were an inanimate object with fixed, unchanging characteristics. This objectification makes it harder to see the person as alive, that is, learning, adapting, and growing. The second way the misuse of the second-person pronoun you often hurts our friendships, marriages, and working relationships occurs when we try to make our own reactions and opinions seem obvious and universal even seeking to avoid personal responsibility for what we are saying. Instead of complaining, when people leave dirty dishes on the kitchen counter for hours, you naturally feel like no one cares about how hard that makes cooking. Try, when people leave dirty dishes on the kitchen counter for hours, I feel like no one cares about how hard that makes cooking. See the difference? Here's another contrasting pair. When your husband flips the channels while you are trying to explain a problem with the kids, you know he just doesn't care. Rather, when my husband flips the channels while I am trying to explain a problem with the kids, 
I feel like he just doesn't care. Two things happen when we make the shift from the universal yet nonspecific you and your to the personal I and my. One, it relieves the listener from the burden of agreeing or disagreeing with your generalization. A person talking about their own unique experience is the de facto expert. There's no reason for me to take a position on whether it's true. It is the speaker's experience, and that is all that matters. Second, the speaker in the first person is no longer blaming the other for forcing anything on him or her. The speaker is simply sharing how he or she felt about what happened. It is the shift from, you made me angry by changing the subject, to, when you brought up a new subject, I noticed that I felt angry. One is an accusation. The second is a confession. Which is more likely to evoke a calm, constructive response? Accusation indicates aggression. Confession calls for compassion. Mindful use of the first person I avoids both dangerous uses of you. Share your feelings, interpretations, and reactions responsibly by using I. This doesn't demand agreement. It just invites a response. And that makes for a conversation that fosters genuine, alive relationships. One friend, one person who is truly understanding, who takes the trouble to listen to us as we consider our problem, can change our whole outlook on the world. Dr. Elton Mayo. I have one more suggestion, perhaps the most powerful practice of all. Be kind. Just as I often fail to act in accordance with my best knowledge and highest values, I am wise to remember that each isolated action or failure to act by my neighbor or coworker may not represent her best knowledge and highest values. When I fall short of my aspirations, I'm quick to explain and excuse myself because of fatigue, haste, stress, traffic, etc. Always, my excuses claim some form of, that's not me. It was just an unfortunate circumstance. Don't hold it against me. When I observe my spouse or the store clerk do something I dislike, I'm just as quick to use it as proof of how they really are and to use their disappointing action to excuse or explain myself next time I let that person down. This common behavior is tempting because it gets us off the hook of blame and responsibility for the moment, but over time, its effect is corrosive to relationship. Indulge in, it's not me, it's them, frequently, and the people around us learn that we are not safe to be near, that eventually, we will give them a failing grade. Instead, when someone seems to be letting you down, be humble about your own blamelessness. Be curious about what the other person's intentions and circumstances may be. Beware of passing a sentence on the second person when first-person responsibility would be more nurturing. In short, be kind. Be kind, for everyone you meet is carrying a great burden. Philo of Alexandria. More at 
mayogenuine.com slash blog slash B-E dash K-I-N-D. Also, tiny.cc slash morekind, T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash M-O-R-E-K-I-N-D. I regret that so little of what I have learned about building courageous relationships could be summarized in this short document. I'm sure that I could write an entire book or even three on this topic, and I plan to. Watch for their publication on my Amazon author page or by subscribing to my free email newsletter and podcast. If you cannot wait for my next books, and I do not see why you would, here are some resources I recommend that are available right now. A very clear and accessible book is the widely used Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When the Stakes Are High. TinyCC slash CC dash book. That's T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash C-C hyphen B-O-O-K, all lowercase letters. I gave several classes based on this material at my church and the participants produced inspiring results at work, with teenage and adult children, as well as in their marriages. I hope you will too. If you are primarily interested in improving your marriage relationship, you can do no better than to attend an Imago workshop with your spouse, such as Getting the Love You Want, the Couples Weekend Workshop, tinycc slash Imago Couples. That's T I N Y dot cc slash i m a g o c o u p l e s all lowercase amago was developed by the man who has been oprah's most frequent guest harvel hendricks you might want to start with his book getting the love you want a guide for couples 20th anniversary edition tiny cc slash amago book but there is no substitute for actually doing the exercises with your spouse and other couples in a workshop assisted by a skilled facilitator. It can be very hard to get along with the people you love. It is much harder to get along without people to love. Tony Mayo. Another book I can highly recommend, one that emphasizes work and business relationships, is The Communications Catalyst, the fast but not stupid Track to Value for Customers, Investors, and Employees. TinyCC slash Comcat. That's T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash C-O-M-C-A-T. The very first day I learned the methods in this book, I witnessed them being dramatically employed by an expert. It happened at an international conference for employees and customers of a large executive coaching organization. While I was in class, the president of the company found himself at the podium in a ballroom filled with very angry customers, some of whom interrupted his speech with loud complaints. He had planned to give a bland speech of welcome and self-congratulation, but found himself in a fight for the future of the company. Some longtime clients even stood to announce their resignation and stormed out of the ballroom. The chairman of the company's board of directors recognized this as an emergency. He interrupted our class on the communications catalyst to confer privately with our instructor. After the chairman left, our instructor told us 
that he'd been asked to facilitate an ad hoc reconciliation meeting after our class. It was quite a learning experience for me to go directly from the classroom downstairs to a live fire demonstration by my instructor. He implemented a textbook approach just as he taught us to do and, in the course of 90 minutes, guided about 50 people from contention to cooperation, from hot anger to warm amity. By the end of the meeting, everyone was clear on their common values, eager to improve cooperation between company and client, and people in both camps had committed to specific follow-up actions. It was amazing and inspiring. For more on improving business relationships, visit my blog, Top Executive Coaching, at TonyMayo.com. There you'll find a recipe for better conversation with video and a summary poster, tinycc slash concontract, T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash C-O-N-C-O-N-T-R-A-C-T, all lowercase. How asking questions, even in response to a question, helps improve communication and relationships. Tiny CC More Curious. T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash M-O-R-E-C-U-R-I-O-U-S. My 12-step program to shake a dangerous dependence on avoiding confrontation. Tiny CC slash Tough Talk. T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash T-O-U-G-H T-A-L-K. How Groups Agree, tiny cc slash group agree, T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash G-R-O-U-P-A-G-R-E-E. There are lots more material there on the specifics of business life and the business of life in general. If you want to be sure to see my newest material, you may subscribe for free to my blog, podcast, or newsletter at my site, TonyMayo.com. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. More information is available at TonyMayo.com. We appreciate your comments, suggestions for future topics, and most of all, stories of how you applied the coaching. Our email address is podcast at mayogenuine.com. This podcast is the property of executive coach Tony Mayo, all rights reserved worldwide.